Hey y'all, it's me, Tay Marquise, and you are streaming Brown Boy Binge. Brown Boy Binge, a podcast by me where I will share how I see the world and the craziness that goes on in my head every single day. If you're tuning into this episode, by now you know that we are finally on episode three and we're just trucking along. I always want to thank you for watching the previous episodes, episode two, Life the Musical, which is all about my, oh, I'm choking, which is all about my academic career, musical theater, and then part one. What is, I don't even know what part one is titled. Hmm. Loser alert. Okay, I just blanked y'all. It's called The Now. I didn't even have to check. I promise I didn't check. I promise. Capricorn Square. It's called The Now, and it's sort of like an update of me moving back to New York City, where I am in life, all those things. And now for the good stuff. This episode is entitled Nostalgia Part 1 because it's going to be focused on my elementary school experience, some of the things we have shared experiences, and some of them not. Some things you may know, most things you won't. So sit back, relax, and let's have a chit-chat. Now, when I think about elementary school, I thought it was one of the peaks and the only peaks I would experience ever in life at the time. Now it's just one of the many, but elementary school is still a highlight moment in my life. Elementary school, we had no cares. All we worried about was a fast math test or multiplication cards or freaking math 24. And you'll learn about math 24 in the future of this podcast too. Um, But I wasn't really concerned about anything. I feel like I was so present. There was no social media. There was no TikTok. There wasn't things that were encompassing all of our time and all of our concern. So I was there. I was present. I was living. I was having a ball. The first thing, which I think is one of the most important things that shaped our experiences in elementary school, was the school lunches and the school breakfasts. So back then, I wasn't really on my dietary restrictions, quote unquote, or trying to be health conscious or any of these things. I wasn't pescatarian. I I wasn't educated. I didn't know know a thing. I was just living life, living how I lived, ate what was cooked, and I did what I needed to do to live life lavish. So first of all, the first thing I wrote down, because, you know, I got to have some bullet points because it is very important that I cover as much as I can so that everybody feels, understands, learns, laughs, boom, bam, bop, the square pizzas. Now, I feel like every once in a while they would give us some pepperonis on top of whatever the little square pepperonis. And now that I think about it, I'm like, where did they get these pizzas from? Who made them? What was it made out of? What was inside the pizza? No one knows, because at this time. Michelle and the Obamas were not in the White House, so there was no health conscious meatless Mondays. But we were eating these square pizzas, and sometimes you, oh, I'm choking because of the nostalgia. <laughs> sometimes the pizza used to bust, and sometimes the pizza was a bust, and I was not trying to eat that junk. So at some point, I tried to get creative, and I was like, hmm, this pizza's kind of dry. I need some sauce, and y'all. Don't knock it till you try it. I used to eat the pizza with Italian dressing from the salad. Yes, the orange Italian dressing. I think it's called Italian. Italian dressing. Italian dressing. And now I think it's closer to Thousand Island, but it was it was something of the sort. Some type of Italian dressing that was orange and it used to bust down. But I still wasn't a big fan of that pizza. But when I think of school lunch, I feel like that's the peak. That's the face of school lunches. I think at this time is where I started to get a sense of the kind of food that I like because it still rings true today, which is so crazy in full circle. But on some days, I don't remember the designated day because this was like pretty random, which is why I cherished it. We had this thing called Asian chicken, which essentially was bourbon chicken, but they just put, they just said Asian. They said Asian, let's generalize it. Let's call it Asian chicken. 
And for school lunches, if you want an extra, because this is back at the time where some people paid for lunch, some people got free and reduced lunch, you know, all the things. I'm sure it's still a thing today, but I don't really know how the school system works because I'm graduated. But we had Asian chicken and it was just so good. And to this day, I have never had any Asian chicken. Well, I don't even eat chicken now, but I haven't had any Asian chicken or any type of Asian meat that tasted as good as it did in elementary school. And maybe my taste buds were different back then, but it doesn't matter because I lived for the Asian chicken. And so you could pay 75 cents or I believe it was a dollar extra. Once you put your pin number in at the front, y'all, do you remember pin numbers? My pin number was 07795. I will never forget it. I had it from elementary school all the way to high school. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Thank the Lord for stuff like that. Putting your pin number in. So we get there. They had a little blue machines and we would check out with the ladies. And if you paid the extra dollar or the extra 75 cents, you could go back to the people in the kitchen who were like fixing the plates and be like, I paid extra. They said I could get extra. And they would just give you like a big scoop of Asian chicken or a big scoop of whatever, another slice of pizza, whatever was for lunch at the time. So once I figured out, I was like, I'm hungry. And if I can't afford to pay for extra lunch or if I can't afford, if I don't have the money right now, then I still need to eat. So I started rigging the system. I'm a criminal. I started rigging the system and I was like, Okay, I'll go to the lady and then I'll go around to the way where they won't see me go back in and say that I pay for extra and tell them that I pay for extra. And just a little white lie. I was just like, I needed some more food, y'all. You, you you would do a two for a check. You would do a two for Asian chicken. So I would do that and I would get extra and I was just living. That was my first lick that I hit. Boom. This is a tangent, but now that I'm thinking about it, we were eating off those blue plastic plates, those hard plastic plates. And yes, I believe they cleaned them, quote unquote, cleaned and washed, but... Now I'm kind of worried. Did that contribute to some of the health issues people experience? Is that why some of y'all got allergies that didn't have them before? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't have trusted the plates if I thought now what I was, was, was doing then. But then again, it doesn't matter. We're here. We're alive. We're living. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is Nacho Day. I remember Nacho Days vividly because they occurred on Thursdays and I dreaded this day every single week. And on Nacho Day, at some point in my elementary school career, I convinced my grandma to bring me food every single Nacho Day. And she would bring me 7-Eleven buffalo chicken wings. And this is when the wings weren't faux. They weren't fake wings. They weren't weird. They were busing, saucy, missed them, loved them. Ugh. Uh, for 7-Eleven wings back in 2006, 2007, you were living your life. And when she would bring me the food, whenever parents would bring you food to school, it was just a different life. You were in a different world. You were just someone else. You were special. You were celebrity. You were, you were all the things. And this was what life was all about. So I had a couple friends. I'm going to try to change some names just so that people don't know who they are. They're probably guests if they listen to the podcast. Also, thank y'all for listening to the podcast, my old peers and classmates. But uh, so I had this friend. We're going to call her... Sammy and Sammy would bring salami to school and at some point I don't know where the conversation started where I realized but I was you can call me the garbage disposal of the lunch table because there was a lot of people whose parents packed their lunches and they brought lunch to school and they never wanted to eat them they always gave their food away love them love those people thank you for saving my life so Sammy she brought salami to school and she would never eat her salami or at some point she decided she didn't want her salami anymore and this is when the salami binge started she would always give it to me so I would break it up and put it over like some rice if I had some rice at school if I had Asian chicken I would be having salami and Asian chicken if I had pizza I would put the salami on my pizza I was putting salami on everything I would eat salami by itself eat the salami with cheese I was eating salami 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 make it a song and then at some point I convinced my mom to let me buy salami instead of buying ham and turkey for regular lunch meat because I was never I was not a regular person anymore I was eating salami and she started letting me buy salami so kudos to you mom for letting me pursue my dreams 
goals and hopes life before my mom started to let me buy salami as the primary lunch meat in my home at least the primary lunch meat that i consumed i just needed the platform as you can see i was starting to forge my own path i was starting to be an independent meal consumer me and sammy we made a little bargain but i don't really know what my end of the bargain was because it probably wasn't as sufficient as this salami was for my life salami was just doing me right i was just the salami king i was i was living my salami dreams thank you sammy I will never forget you. And then we have to go back to the morning time of school where they had the breakfast. Do y'all remember the cinnamon toast? That's all it was. Cinnamon toast. It felt like it was just like wheat bread. That freshly buttered cinnamon wheat bread. It was so good. It made my life. We just got one slice in the morning. But it did me just. And it came in these little plastic little like not even a Ziploc. It was like a little envelope type plastic little bag that was the shape of a square. And we would pull it out and we would go ham. Some days they had the cinnamon bread. Some days they just had a regular toast. And you could just put jelly. Oh my God. Y'all remember the little jellies and the little containers that they have at uh, I think it's what is it? What is it? What is it? Waffle House. And I used to live my life. And then they had those omelets. It would just be like a circular egg that was folded in half. Some days they had cheese. Some days it didn't. Now I don't eat cheese. But then it bust, 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 bust. So I was eating that. And of course they had cereal. I would just go with the classic cinnamon toast crunch. At the time I wasn't eating frosted flakes. I felt like they was too plain, even though I'd never tried them. But I wasn't giving them time of day. And then they came out with the pancakes in a bag. Sometimes you would get four. Sometimes it would be two regular sized little pancakes in a little envelope. But it didn't matter. I was eating those with the syrup in the little container, of course. And I was just living like, y'all, school, they was treating us right. They was treating us right. So now I have to bounce back to school lunches and take back everything that I said about the lunches in elementary school. Because why were we eating pizza with a side of watery corn and a chocolate milk? Who was trying to ruin the tummies of these innocent children? I just had another random thought, but I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Um, we're going back to the cafeteria again because lunch is where all the things happen. Now, I'm sure most of you can relate. When parents came to lunch, it was like you made it out of hood. It was like you made it out of prison. It was like you were on visitation. You got to escape. Yes, elementary school was fun, but you know, it's school. So we wanted to get out. We wanted to escape. We wanted to feel liberated, living like we ain't got time. And so when parents came to school, of course, they brought you outside lunch, which means you didn't have to eat that cafeteria food. And plus bonus, when your parent came, they could bring food for someone else and you could choose one person to sit with you from the table. Y'all, this was like the lottery. I was hoping that whenever my friend's parents came, that they would choose me. And some days you just had to stick it through and you just had to eat the school lunch while your friends, who you thought was your closer friend, closer than the friend they chose, ate lunch together and despised them and envied them. And then when your parent brought lunch, I don't think my parents brought lunch all the time. I was like, you don't even got to worry about that. <laughs> they didn't have to worry about it but sometimes they did and it was really cool to just have your little moment it just felt like something different it felt like something abnormal in school and so everybody just cherished it everybody hoped for it everybody wanted it it just felt like royalty like you got to eat at these tables these patio style tables they were a bit higher than the lunch tables in the cafeteria that the general pop was sitting at it felt like we were in jail y'all i can't lie now that i'm looking back at it we were liberated some may call it a canon event but I will say I'm grateful Michelle came along at some point to rid us of such a parasitic thing. Now, the reason I'm always thinking about the good old days of elementary school is because I wasn't necessarily an influencer like I am now, but I did have much influence. For example, 
at some point i discovered the monkey bars as we all did you know they were on the playground anyway so we knew they were there but i had this good old idea and i don't know where it came from i don't know who gave it to me i think it was the devil and i convinced some of my classmates you know my my role dogs my homies my partners in crime to start monkey bar fights so every day for recess at some point this is probably like third or fourth grade i think i had everybody gathered everybody lined up ready to do this little monkey bar fight tournament and basically you would get on the monkey bars and you would have to wrestle people down with your legs now this was dangerous i didn't know all the danger it posed but i knew it was dangerous i knew i was risking it i knew i was running the show so one day we're gonna call him damien damien was on the monkey bars and i don't think it was because of me but i know i was the orchestrator he was a uh, monkey bar fighting with someone and when they pulled him down he broke his arm and that was the first official crime i committed in elementary school <laughs> i'm sorry damien next we had four square in fourth and fifth grade is when it really kicked in is when things got really powerful we were the top dogs of the school so it was really important that we beat everybody in four square it was important that we had our little our little deals our little bargains with people our little teams our little whatever and sometimes you can play with a big ball sometimes you play with a little ball but at some point we secured the big ball for good and i was the king of foursquare we will battle classes we will battle each other's friends we were doing all the things and i was just ruling foursquare every single time i played i was not anyone to mess with and then back to the shenanigans i don't know how we would arrange this but i know for sure this was in fourth grade i was in miss williams class i'm sorry miss williams but we go to the bathrooms the boys bathroom me and my like i said my crew and I don't think I was the orchestrator of this because I didn't really believe in violence. But there was like bathroom fights. Now, me growing up, I was always the person that people excluded out of stuff like this, out of the nonsense, because people respected me for some reason. They knew I wasn't for the games. So I would be there, though. I was on the scene. But we would go there and people would like slap box in the bathroom. They would, you know, do a little fist, do a little fist fight or whatever, whatever. But it wasn't anything serious, anything crazy. It was just people who it was. I don't know. It felt very alpha male of us to be doing this. But bathroom fights was something that i was witness for and then i had this hoodie this is like such a random fact i had this hoodie and it had diamonds on it i think my mom bought it when i was in third grade and it had a zipper lock that was removable so you could zip the jacket all the way up i think they make jackets like that now with the eye slots in them but this didn't have a slot i didn't have any eyes i just had the jacket and one day my auntie when i was on the back of my uncle's truck she took the the, the zipper blockers off and i had this hoodie that zipped all the way up so when i was at recess i would zip it all the way up and i would just chase people around and that was the game that we created you see what i'm talking about that's influence we, that that's, that's just influence also oh my god i remember so we all have that that feeling inside of us when we see a swing we want to swing one and flip off of it now i was good at tumbling and good at flipping off of stuff and all these things but one day i tried to flip off the swing and instead of one black flip i did two Somehow I became a gymnast that I always wanted to be. And I landed flat on my back. When gone. Life gone. Breath gone. Spirit gone. I might have seen the Lord that day. But here I am on earth, alive and well. Thank you, Lord. And while it seemed like I was keeping busy with other things in school, I always had time for a girlfriend. And I had this cousin who was, she was my cousin in real life, but she was my sister in the school system. We had the same last name. It was me and her two other siblings, you know, my other siblings, my brother and my sister. And we lived, we survived, and that's what we did. We did what we did what we needed to do to make it work, and it worked. And here we are alive and well today. So she always was friends with these girls that I was interested in, whatever, whatever. So girlfriend number one, we're going to call her Tyler. 
my cousin put me on to Tyla. I didn't even have to ask. She always looked out for me. She knew game. And Tyla, she was like two years ahead of me, I think. She was in the same year as my cousin, my cousin's sister. And she was my girl, whatever, whatever. She was this black girl, thick, bow-legged. It was, it was the cute little situation we had going on. And so I forgot that I was dating Tyler or I didn't know that it was really, really serious with Tyler. You know, people make jokes about, oh, you're my little boyfriend, da, 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 da. So I didn't take it serious. So obviously I forgot. And I started dating this girl. Her name was, we're going to call her Carla. Started dating Carla in real life. Carla is a white girl, by the way. Started dating her. Completely forgot about Kimberly because, again, I didn't know it was really, really serious. Like, you know, whatever. I was two years younger. Mind you, all of them are in the same grade. Even Carla's in the fifth grade at this time. So I'm in third grade. And Tyla found out about Carla and confronted her in the cafeteria, I believe, during lunch. And became this big old argument. Da, 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 da. And <laughs> this is hilarious because, honestly, I believe this to this day. I should have been the one who got confronted about the situation, not Carla. But anyways... Tyler confronted Carla, it blew up, and then guidance counselors, people tried to come in and take Tyler to either, I don't know, in school suspension or whatever, or the front office or whatever. She wasn't having that. She ran off campus, and she was fast, by the way. So that was one situation. And then my drama teacher found out about it, and so we were playing this game called House of Wax one of the days following the incident. And in House of Wax, if you don't know how the game works, basically it was one of our acting games, and we would freeze, and she would say something or... Basically, she would walk around the room and you would have to be able, you would have to try to move without getting caught. And if she caught you and you weren't frozen, then you were out of the game. So one day she was like, well, somebody in the classroom has two girlfriends and has girls laughing over him. And everybody started laughing and they all got out. And she really got me. She really got me. She got me without one. She got me real bad. I have to mention that at some point in the beginning stages of me and Tyler dating, quote unquote, my cousin's sister convinced me to write Tyler a juicy letter is what we'll call it. A little letter. Can't remember what I wrote in the letter. I know I was definitely out of my comfort zone, just doing stuff, being grown, essentially. And I brought a baby picture along, you know, just to just to add a little add a little pizzazz on the letter. And somewhere in the process, I guess a guidance counselor or somebody found the letter, y'all. So next thing you know, I'm called to the front office. And they're like, do you know why you're here? I'm like, no, I, I'm like, you know, I'm a goody goody, you know, because the reputation was clean. Slate was clean. Record clean at the school. And I was there and she was like, well, I found this letter and it has very bad things in it that I would never expect to hear from you. Da, 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 da. And she was like, either you're going to have your mom come and get this birthday picture, not birthday picture, come and get this baby picture or we're never going to talk about it again. And I was like. My mom won't hear a thing. She will not be hearing a thing. You can keep the picture. Enjoy your gift. And I never even asked my cousin sister about the situation. But how did you let it get lost in translation? You were supposed to deliver it. You were given Amazon on its worst day. I cannot believe you sent me to the dogs. But again, it was yet another thing I survived. Now let's talk about the happy stuff because there was one thing that I really appreciated about schools. They were going to make sure you were versatile. They were going to make sure you were creative. They were going to make sure the thoughts were turning. The brain was learning. And something I really loved about elementary school and I will never forget is specials. So basically every week we would rotate a different specials. For example, specials would be art, music, technology, dance, science, PE, basically where you can experiment, find your passions, know, learn more about yourself, figure out what you wanted to do with your life, maybe get inspired for something that would change your life for the better, you know. So we're going to start with art. In art, 
I know I was pretty talkative and I love this teacher. Her name was Mrs. Silver. We, we, we can name the teachers. Her name was Mrs. Silver. She was a very good art teacher. Her grandson was also in the class that I had and it was very, very fun. I loved art, but I sometimes we was watching stuff and I would just get bored and I just needed to have a side conversation. Now, what I will say is for teachers, yes, some kids really do talk too much, but if kids just talk like that's pretty normal. Y'all don't need to be writing us up and giving us referrals for talking to class. Like kids are supposed to talk. You want kids to talk. But anyway, my favorite thing that we did in art was we did the art fair, I believe. And I got like third place in one of those. I drew this colorful bird. And that was when I started drawing birds, which was such a random phase. But I got third place. And another thing we did, we made pottery, like clay pottery. And I made this bowl and I was so passionate and so proud of this bowl. And we got to blow it and turn it into like a glass bowl. And it had like shapes and colors and it was blue. And I remember taking it home and now I don't know where that bowl is. But I do remember a piece of it breaking because somebody dropped my bowl. You're going to regret it. Next thing we're going to talk about is music. Where we played hot cross buns on the glockenspiel, the xylophone, all the instruments. We were learning about that. We were learning about music history, which I remember not a single thing of. And one thing I do vividly remember is we got the recorders. And if you did not have a recorder phase in your elementary school, your music teacher sucked. We had recorders and basically our job was to go home, convince our parents to either order or buy us a recorder from like the dollar store or something. And we would have these songs to play every week or every other day. And there was like different colored belts. So for example, you played one song, you leveled up in a belt. I don't remember leveling up. <laughs> I think I stayed on the same level. It was very leveled, but I knew how to play hot cross buns and I got whatever belt was required for hot cross buns. Boom. Next, we had technology. Some days we would have technology assignments with a technology teacher. And this is one of my favorite classes because it felt like I was a genius. I felt like I was a computer science major. A cool one, of course. So I looked forward to going to technology. The teacher was always cool. We had a million different technology teachers. And we would play games after we completed our technology assignments. And that class was just so fun. We could play games with friends on websites that allowed multiplayer games. It was just so fun. Technology, like it could have been a potential career you would have thought at that point and the next was dance i lived in dance i loved dance i laughed dance and in the dance room i remember they had these like mats they weren't literal mats but they were like cushions carpeted cushions that were blue that was on the floor and then it had like that gray velcro tape in between it i don't know if you remember but i remember it and basically the mats were removable and then there is a mirror in the dance room, pretty small dance room now that I think about it. But one song I remember is, I'm a superhero, flying around, no need to worry, you're safe and sound. Battling evil, fighting for good, I'm a superhero in your neighborhood. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Who could it be? Check it out, it's me. I don't know who wrote that song, what that song was about. I don't know what was going on, but I remember that song was always playing. It was always a part of our warm up. And honestly, like this is this is what this contributed to my dance inspiration. Next, we had science class. I was in and out about science. I don't know how I felt about it, but some days we would do really cool experiments. And then some days the teacher, maybe I talked too much in this class, too, but she seemed to be annoyed with me. And that was fine. I was like, I was like, science is not my passion anyway, but I don't really remember that much from science right now. One thing I do remember is the static electricity ball that would make your hair lift. Of course, I'm black, so my hair doesn't move. But that's one of the things I remember. And then PE was where I was in power, whether it was relays, stations, horse, 
playing all these games. I really loved PE and I was running PE. And one thing I also will never forget is those cold water fountains around the side of the gym of the court. And tetherball. Tetherball was one of the most fun games I ever played. And it's something as simple as a ball swinging from a pole. But I whipped everybody in tetherball. If you hit the ball and you got it to wrap around multiple times on the side that you chose that was going to be your side, you win the tetherball game. And I was the tetherball king. Love that. So, yeah, specials was like sort of like the visual and performing arts era of my life early on. I loved it, loved all the teachers for the most part. And it was pretty fun. I felt always inspired. My creative juices were always, always flowing. So thank you to all the special teachers of the school. I almost forgot to talk about drama, but how can I talk about drama? That's all my life is about. Now I'm an actor. I'm an actor. One thing I vividly remember watching in drama class is The Wizard of Oz. It feels like we watched that movie every week or because we didn't have enough time to finish the movie, we were always watching it in segments and we had to keep watching it and watching it and watching it and watching it. And I just love that movie. It's the only movie I remember watching in that class. I think there was a class where we learned how to sew or we watched somebody else sew. We definitely played a few acting games. One of the games I remember was House of Wax, which I mentioned earlier in this episode. And I really lived for drama class. It feels like I didn't have it as much as I should have had it, but I had it enough to be inspired to be an actor. And I thank you, Miss Burns, for that. Now, in addition to the specials classes that were performing arts oriented, we had this thing called song and dance. And around seven or eight is when I sort of got the bug to start performing. I saw I would see these groups and when I tried to audition the first time, they told me that I was too young and I was like, What are you talking about? Like I'm Tamar Keats, but okay i'll wait i guess so patience is a virtue it seems but for song and dance they would have this audition i think midday and you would be able to leave class early they would have a set time everyone would come audition and we would do the thing if you got into song and dance basically you would go around the communities to places like walmart maybe a nursing home and we would definitely perform for the school and you would sing seasonal songs so i remember this song it was a christmas theme song it was called santa got a sunburn it goes like this Santa got a sunburn, Santa got a sunburn, that's why he's all red. He took off his suit and his big black boots and even the cap on his head. He was on vacation down to Sarasota, even brought his sled. Santa got a sunburn, Santa got a sunburn, that's why he's all red. And back in the day, I didn't have the energy, but I was excited for song and dance. I was excited for song and dance, and I have the clips. I have the proof. The proof is in the pudding. The pudding is delicious now if you were creative it's not unlikely that you had sources of inspiration people that you looked up to other singers other dancers other people doing what you dreamt of doing when you got older you know people used to always ask what do you want to be when you grow up and i think those same people still need to figure out what they want to be but we're not going to talk about that they were trying to keep us inspired anyways I was excited to go home, finish my homework, finish all the projects and everything that I need to do because I got to get on YouTube, YouTube, yeah. And YouTube was the only source of social media consumption we had at the time. So I'm very grateful for YouTube. Early 2000s, I was there. I didn't have any sources and any materials to create anything for YouTube, but I was present. I was on the line, online. I had this little keyboard phone at the time. I remember my first phone. It was this red Kyocera and it had like the numbers the one the two the three the four the five the six the seven the eight the nine and you had to click the numbers multiple times to get the letters out yes and it had this little button and this very tiny screen 
but I was able to download ringtones and at the time I was a believer and I remember having the song there's gonna be one less lonely girl as one of my ringtones I had baby as one of my ringtones I also had some Miley Cyrus on there do me a favor that that ringtone hit different and I'll never forget it but you could only have so many ringtones because you know the little phones had no storage but back to YouTube, I remember also I wanted to be a gymnast and I know how to tumble now because I had to learn the hard way, but I used to watch this gym in California and they had like tumbling compilations. I don't even remember the name, the name of the gym, but it doesn't matter because I remember the gym. I remember the videos and they would play the same song on loop and the song was, we got more bounce in California than all y'all combined. If you know that name, I would love to come to the gym, y'all. I still want to tumble. I want to tumble, but yeah, I was so excited for YouTube. I got to watch Chloe and Hallie when they were little. I got to watch all the people come up. Dondria, uh, any, anybody else you could think of who was on YouTube. Oh, Jacob Lattimore. I was watching all these people on YouTube, and it's crazy, so nostalgic. I wanted to sing. I wanted to dance. I wanted to do everything, but didn't have all the facilities to do it at the time. I think we can get into the potentially universal, you know, shared experiences. I know everybody had a line leader and a caboose. We wanted both of the jobs. Free labor, we wanted it. It seemed like it was top tier at the time. And we wanted it. I would love to hold the door for the whole class and let everybody go through, have interactions with my pals. You know, oh my gosh, I just thought of something. This is going to be a tangent. Hopefully, I circle back to the line later caboose. I think I said enough. But speaking of pals, when I was in fourth grade, we had pen pals at another school. Mind you, at the time, I'm thinking we write it to somebody in a whole different country. No, they're literally down the road a few exits away. So we had pen pals. And we would write to them, send them letters, and it was so fun. We got to send gifts. Maybe you were making a bracelet. Maybe you were making a necklace at the time. And you got to have a pen pal, and I just felt so unique, so foreign, so different. You know, we all had pen pals. And so, you know, me and my pen pal, we was kicking it. We was having fun. I don't even remember who my pen pal was, what they looked like, what was going on. But we had a pen pal at another school in the community. Y'all, as if it was out of a movie, they told us that we were going on a field trip to meet our pen pals. And first of all, if you know me now, you know, field trips meant subway. Every single field trip that I went on elementary school, I had subway. Can't remember the day it started and it never ended. I wanted subway to sponsor me through middle school and high school. I was always making commercials. I was a subway stand, still am a subway stand. I just don't eat it as much now, but I loved subway and it always meant that I could bring my own lunch to school. This is what I lived for. So when we went to see the pen pals, of course I had Subway, brought some cookies, brought an extra cookie for my pen pal because that was my person. I don't remember if it was a boy or girl. I don't remember. I don't remember. But my pen pal, they got a cookie. We bonded. We had fun. I ate my Subway, my lovely Subway sandwich. And I was just living the life of my dreams. We went to the playgrounds. We got to explore their classrooms. And it was just a day filled with joy. And then, of course, when it came time to leave, it was a day filled with sadness. And we had to leave our pen pals behind. As if we didn't live in the same city, literally like 10, 15 minutes away. <sighs> but it was time for us to go and go our separate ways and go back to writing each other. I don't even think we wrote each other again after that. The teachers was like, okay, that's it for that assignment. We're done. But then another thing that we looked forward to in school was compliments. So whenever you'd walk in a straight line, you know, other teachers, they all had, the, they all got the memo. They were all on the same page. If they gave you a compliment, the class would get so excited in silence. But, but we couldn't make noise, which is so weird. It, y'all, this is giving prison. I don't even know if they do compliments in prison. But anyway, after a certain number of compliments for how beautiful your line looked, how quiet they were, they had these specific terms that they would use for each other. Like I said, every teacher was on the same page with a compliment situation. This was our basic introduction into teamwork and collaboration because when it came to compliments, the class was working. We were working hard together as a team. There's no I in team, but there was a compliment. So 
whenever we got a certain number of compliments, whether it's, let's say like seven compliments, if you, if it took you two weeks to get seven compliments, if it took you a month to get seven compliments, that's what it took. But once you got those seven compliments, it was time for a compliment party, which usually happened on a Friday. They chose Friday as the party day, even though I could use a party on a Monday because Monday, you know, the beginning of the week, they had it ingrained in our system, you know, people was tired. But anyways, we had compliment parties on Fridays. It could be a pizza theme party, an ice cream theme party. No matter what, it was a party. In the class, we worked hard for that and we enjoyed every single second of it. It's just very interesting to sit back and think about the evolution of the average Sarasota classroom. And one thing I remember is us having this thing called active votes. And we had an active board. This is when the touchscreen boards or whatever started to first be implemented into the classrooms. And it wasn't like an actual touchscreen board because you couldn't touch it with your finger yet we had the little pins that came with it and they had to calibrate the pins and people had to always come fix it sometimes teacher would let us draw they would project the lesson on there and we would answer questions go up and write the answer on the board it was so fun so fun we were just technological advancement was happening right before our eyes and we didn't even know it for real and then with the active votes they would pull out these little egg-shaped voter situations and they were like devices that were charged throughout the day and teachers would have them locked away whatever and they seemed like this prized possession but when it was time to get the active votes out you know it was the real deal so we would be taking tests or quizzes for bonus points on tests and quizzes and it was just so fun and they had like the letters a b c d so you could vote once teachers started to do the ef thing i was like okay a five question or a five answer question i don't really know what i'm doing now you pushing it already so I was not afraid to glance over a shoulder or two to make right with what I got because I needed to survive when it came to active votes because also I think they will reward you for being fast and I must be fast and furious. And I just remembered the active votes, they each had a number and because we had to log on, the teachers knew who had what number. So say for example, there was a question, real easy question. Me being an overthinker, being Capricorn, you know, my son was eating me up in elementary school. I would know the right answer and then I would just think so I was like that's too easy I have to go with something else I have to go with something that's not obvious and if you got the answer wrong the teacher would know you got the answer wrong and they would be like so why did you choose this answer I'm like girl I'm not willing to fight this battle right now so we ain't gonna talk about it but we just gonna move on so that was active votes and then something also that's a shared experience for everyone was picture day I think parents took picture day more seriously than anybody else because they actually cared about the pictures I just like taking the class picture and all the other pictures that were taken. And that just made me think of the yearbook. I was very excited for the school yearbook because I wanted to see what else they caught me doing during the school year. And I wanted to see everybody else's school photos. I wanted to see the other activities that were going on at school because there was actually so much happening at my elementary school. And a lot of things, if you weren't there, you didn't know about it. So something else that I was a part of was the morning news. So basically when you're a part of the morning news, you have to get there super early. And I think they had like three groups, three or four groups in rotation. And once you got to school early, you would be assigned a job. The jobs also rotated, which was one of my big issues because I knew I was designated to be the anchor. I was destined to be the anchor. That was my job. That was who I was meant to be. That was me. I was the anchor. So when I was the anchor, I got to live it up and I lived like there was no tomorrow. But some days you would have to work the teleprompter. Some days you would have to do the weather. I did like doing the lunch, but it was like, okay, you had to read the teleprompter, which was sometimes hard. And some days people had to sing the national anthem. I believe we sang the national anthem on Fridays. And you got to learn all about how the news works. And honestly, I feel like that could have kickstarted a lot of careers. The, the morning news was slept on. That could have been a whole arts program in itself. 
I live for the news. It was my on-screen debut. And you know, everybody was watching and you definitely felt like a celebrity of the school and people would talk about the news after you got back to class. And of course you got to go back to class late because you were too busy with your career on the news channel. And some of the days I also dreaded the most was when people um, would complain about their positions in the news, the, the morning news group. I never complained, but I knew I wanted to be the anchor. So when somebody else got to be the anchor because they complained, I was like, oh, you really tried it. You really tried it. But don't worry, it's going to come around. And then also sometimes they would have a split the anchor. I think maybe the anchor was always split. I think we always had two anchors. But anyway, I wanted to be anchor nonetheless. So we got to go back to class and it seemed like we went back to our regular, regular, regular lives. But the news could have been a performing arts program in itself because it was top tier. And I would get to school early for that any day. Now, another job that they offered in the field of elementary school was being a safety patrol. And we wore these neon belts that went across our shoulder and came around our waist. And we were, our job wasn't to be ops or to snitch on anything. I don't know what anybody else was doing. I just knew that my specific job that was listed in the requirements was to get to my first grade class by the end of the day, at least 15 minutes, 10 minutes before the bell rang. And we will basically help the first grade teachers wrangle their classes together and get them to the buses safely. And I had all these first grade students and it was so cool. It was like being a big brother, even though I was already a big brother. But I was looking over these students and they were basically just like giving freshmen of college or like high school. But safety patrolling was pretty, pretty fun. It also felt like another big accomplishment, just like the morning news. But I was just checking off the boxes, checking out the boxes, you know, versatility. That's what he was giving early on and that's what he's giving now. I was just booked and blessed. I had multiple streams of income, even though there wasn't anything that was incoming besides, I don't know, my ego. And throughout elementary school, I had this friend. We're going to name him Martin. Martin did everything with me, and he sort of bridged the gap between school and home. We went to the same school. He dabbled in song and dance just like I did. I think he was also a safety patrol. Um, we just weren't in the same classes. You know, I was in the gifted and talented classes. That doesn't mean anything, but that's what that was what I was in. And he was just in other classes, whatever. So I didn't get to see him for most of the day unless it was like in passing or it was in lunch. But even lunch had different times, whatever. Anyways, we did everything together. He came to the family functions. He spent the night. And, you know, in a black household, you're not supposed to be having those sleepovers on school nights. So it had to be really important. But we convinced our parents to let us spend a night with each other. He mostly spends the night at my house. And sometimes he would just stay for weeks on end. He would stay for the whole summer. And it was just a vibe. And I've never had a friendship like that to this day. I really have not. I have not. He was like my brother. He wore my shoes. We, we shared clothes. Like, life was just so good we danced together like it was just i don't know it was like i had a twin brother and i will never forget it to this date i hope you're doing well if you know who you are i hope you're listening if you're listening thank you for everything yes and honestly it was crazy because i remember we used to have ramen noodle competitions this wasn't just with martin this was with whoever spent the night at my house we would have ramen noodle competitions now I don't even eat just like regular ramen anymore. I'll eat like ramen at a restaurant or whatever, but I don't really eat ramen noodles because it makes my heart burn. It gives me just throat issues, acid reflux. But anyways, we would have noodle competitions, me and Martin. And um, I had this bunk bed in the Spider-Man theme room. It was like a bunk bed where there was like a full bed at the bottom that came out horizontally to the twin bed on the top. But we shared that full bed and we slept back to back, arm in arm. And we were just the closest thing ever. And you could not separate us. It was just crazy. And when he would come to the family function, you know, they would give him attention. I was like, you trying to show me up, Martin. But it's okay. I wasn't jealous. 
anything. I was glad he was getting his moment to shine. We got to shine together. There's some videos of a of us dancing when I had my locks at the beach. We would go to the beach. My family was always at the beach. And Martin just made my childhood so much fun, even when it came to playing football. Like, we were best friends on the field, best friends on the stage, best friends on the bus, best friends at the school, best friends at the house. He tried me every once in a while. There's one thing I remember with Martin, and we used to make, like, pallets in the living room. Because sometimes the room the room just wasn't the vibe, so we wanted to sleep in the living room and sleep right in front of that big TV at the time. It wasn't a big flat screen, but it was a big screen TV with a box at the back. And... He pulled the cover from under my feet and I slipped on my butt and Martin, 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 I'm going to get you back. But anyways, yeah, I just want to say thank you for the fun and for the memories and for the experience. I hope you're doing well. If you're listening again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And he also tumbled and all the things he didn't sing, but that was fine. It was fine. It was fine. Sometimes you make a sacrifice. Everybody can't do the same thing. Your best friends should not necessarily do everything that you do exactly how you do it. But Martin was just that guy. And I'll never forget. I still think about it to this day. I just feel like I was so close, so close to Martin. <sighs> but some things don't last forever. And I just talked to my mom about this on the phone. I was like, I used to want childhood friends from the from the womb that I grew up with and was best friends with you know invited them to your wedding or you got invited to their wedding because I'm I'm not having no wedding but you got to go to their wedding and you shared all these big life experiences and milestones obviously things don't always work out and I'll tell you why it didn't work out because my older cousins used to babysit us quote unquote babysit us we call it watching when you're in the black hole so they used to watch us and they always had these torturous games and it was pretty fun it was fine but one day they challenged us to fight to box because we had these boxing gloves in my garage and you know all the nonsense happened in the garage so on this particular day a couple things went down martin found out that one of my cousins dad used to date his mom so they just decided at this point that they were brothers this night martin sort of ditched me they were hanging out you know all the things you know it was making me jealous i was like you ain't for the play with me like we, we about to die what you talking about and so my cousins and also my auntie who was watching us at the time they were hyping us up to fight to box in the garage and martin was going around thinking he was the man of the year he thought he was so hard and me i wasn't super violent back in the day but i would get rowdy back then more than i would now but i i wasn't i was i wasn't really on that i wasn't really turning on my friends you know i wasn't into that kind of thing and I also wasn't into play fighting because it just it just didn't give the play fight. I was like, either we really fight or we not. So he was going around taunting everybody, hitting everybody. And a few of my cousins who were there at the time, they didn't really respond to it. So then I guess I decided to fight Martin back, of course. I, didn't start, I decided to fight Martin back. And he was hyped because my cousins were hyping him up. My auntie was hyping him up. And this turned into a real fight. And I remember Martin punching me real, really hard real really 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 hard in the face and i think he was like he was like on top of me punching me and i was like what is happening so i bit his forehead y'all yes i got to the nitty-gritty i was like you ain't gonna just you ain't just gonna do me in. i'm gonna fight you back so i did and after that night i never saw martin again well i saw him again in the future we ended up playing football for a few more years after that but we we weren't really close anymore that had essentially ruined the relationship and that night, I also think I got in trouble. I got punished by my uncle. So I was like, oh, Martin, you will never see me again. Like, this is, this is, this is, you can call it quits. And that was the end of that. It was ended by something so simple. 
But, hey, what was meant to be is meant to be, and what isn't isn't. But it was good for the season, for those few years that we were friends. It was fantastic. It was fun. It was cool to have a little duo partner, a little dance partner. And to this day, I haven't had anything like it. So, (sighs) make your mark on the world, as Disney would say. Martin made his mark. Good for you, Martin. Ooh, and just like that, it's time to wrap it up. Now, that one was a doozy. In comparison to the other episodes, this one had me out of breath. This one had me parched. This one had me thinking because there were just so many good memories and I could think of so many things, but I would be talking forever. So I have to finally wrap it up. And again, thank you for listening. But before you go, I have to leave you with the word. And the word for today is remember to stay in the present. When I was in elementary school, I was not thinking about for one second what was going on outside of school unless it was something very detrimental. But I was never thinking about anything that was going on outside of school. I was living in the moment. It was like a whole different world. I was having fun. I was making connections. I was sharing my light. I was being creative. I was just loving the moment. And we learned to forget that over time because we feel like we have to worry about so many things in the future. We have to worry about so many things that we can't control. We come up with all these hypotheticals and we just mess up ourselves in our mind and we overthink things that don't even matter that aren't even affecting us immediately that might not ever affect us we're just creating these scenarios so i say live in the present as cliche as it sounds find the innocence and the purity in the moment love those who are around you make connections stay creative stay lovely thank you for listening come again and thank you for streaming brown boy